the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Alexa, Dad, and Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Alex Ferrario as we now head out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line after yesterday's big-time press conference. We thought, who better to get on than our Cardinals insider for The Athletic? She is Katie Wu. You can follow her on Twitter, at Katie J. Wu. Katie, I, I thought you were in vacation, but I didn't expect you to be at the press conference. And I'm like, oh, wait, it's Katie Wu. Of course she's going to be at that press conference. Oh, yes, I was on vacation, and I have let the Cardinals know that they cut my trip home short. I will be (laughs) expecting some sort of royalty in return. They didn't seem too upset about it. They didn't seem to particularly care, but that's okay. Uh, More of the story is I was there for the press conference and and super glad I, I didn't miss it because obviously a lot went down yesterday. All right, Katie, so excited to talk to you. Hi, my love. Hi, this um, is the best. I'm so excited. <laughs> let's break this down a little bit. I think the most surprising thing for, for all of us was the fact that Jeff Albert will no longer be around their hitting coach. What was your reaction, and where do you believe this, this all stemmed from in terms of why he doesn't want to be with the Cardinals anymore? You know, it's such a complex question, and I think it's a little bit more stunning because, as John Mazzalot said yesterday in his press conference, he wasn't expecting there to be a significant coach turnover. I think the Cardinals always knew that Skip Schumacher's tenure might be short-lived with St. Louis because they only signed him to a one-year deal with a couple of mutual options. Everyone's certainly super excited for Skip to be moving on to Miami as their new manager, but uh, Mozeliak was under the impression that Mike Maddox and Jeff Albert could return if they wanted to. He was ready to offer both contracts for Mike Maddox. It was a matter of just wanting to do something different, a little change of pace. He's 61 years old, has been the pitching coach for nearly a decade in the big leagues. And it was just time to try something new. For Jeff Albert, I thought the reasoning was uh, a little bit more confusing, I would say, at first, because what Jeff Albert had done for the Cardinals' hitting philosophy throughout the organization seemed to be yielding pretty solid results, especially at the minor league level, where you can really start implementing a new approach with, with fresh minds and younger players. But Mo was all but ready to bring Albert back for an uh, undisclosed amount of time, at least for 2023. And, and Jeff Albert said, you know, he actually didn't want to return. Uh, a lot of He faced a lot of criticism, as you both know, mostly online. There was not a lot of internal criticism about what Jeff Albert was doing. There was a lot of um, encouragement and a lot of optimism about his results. But the external criticism, I think, just kind of made him change his mind about what he wanted to do for his future. He has two young kids. So 
will not be back, and the Cardinals now have four vacancies to fill on their coaching staff. Yeah, Katie, and you know the Cardinals have always done this, where when they have these vacancies on the coaching position, they look inside the organization first, and those guys have a little bit of an upper hand. And I've heard a ton of different names pop up here, but do you feel like that's the direction they're going to go to fill those four opening positions is internal decisions before they look externally? I think that they're going to open it up to both parties, uh, both internal and external. But I would say from a pitching perspective, Dusty Blake, their pitching uh, coordinator and strategist, worked under Maddox for the last two years, which was a pitching coach for the Duke Blue Devils for the last three prior to that. I think he'll warrant the most internal consideration for that pitching coach job, and he looks to maybe be the favorite. It's a little early to declare that definitively. But I think if you're looking for a, a I'd be more inclined to think the Cardinals hire internally from a pitching perspective and maybe look externally from a hitting perspective, but they do have so many qualified internal candidates. Turner Ward, the assistant hitting coach that was hired last year, quickly became a player favorite. Russ Steinhor, the minor league hitting coordinator, has been linked a lot. Jose LaHare, the double-A manager for Springfield, currently managing in uh, Winter Bowl. Those are all valid names that could see consideration and could see an interview at least for the hitting coach, but I would say that position I could see the Cardinals going equally in an external direction. I swear to God, Katie, if Nolan Arenado also leaves, I will cry and you will never see me out of my bedroom. It can't happen, Alex. I've already guaranteed it's not going to take place. Okay, Alex. You, you guaranteed it? 100%. Then we're good. Then we're good. Your stamp of approval. Uh, yeah, I got it's, it. It's the Ferrario stamp of approval, Katie. <laughs> so Nolan's weighing the opt-out, Katie. And uh, Moselec made the trip to California. Obviously, he's uh, he's got some of the cards to be able to to play here, you know, in terms of, of his decision to come back. When do you see this decision you know, finally, obviously he has to make it, you know, five days after the World Series. But uh, what do you see this decision being based on? And, you know, how much pull do you think he has in terms of convincing, you know, Mo one way or the other, uh, what the future of the organization looks like? Well, first, I want to say the Ferrario stamp of approval, much stronger than the BKO. Oh, my God. It's the polar opposite of the BKO, Katie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If if we had had BK on the show today, I would be very concerned about Nolan's future, but he's off. Katie, I'm just going to throw this out here. BK has been on vacation, and he's been texting us about the Cardinals, and then the press conference happens. Jeff Albert, Mike Maddox, Brian Eversgard, and Skip Schumacher are all gone. I'm just going to throw that out there. There's no connection, right? BK's the worst. He he is powerful in so many ways. (laughs) (laughs) No, but okay, to, to Nolan Arnado, since I know that's the big remaining question, obviously, with Raymond coming back, uh, that was check one. Check two is making sure Nolan does indeed return for the next five years in St. Louis. Both sides, both the Cardinals and people close to, uh, to Nolan, believe that, you know, they're very optimistic and that a resolution should be coming shortly. The conversation that Mo had with Arnado was not a, you need to come back, let me convince you to stay. I actually thought the their conversation was pretty healthy in terms of where they both stood. They flew to meet in person because... No one just had questions about the next five years. Where is this team going? What's the direction that the Cardinals are expecting to go? Is there a, a, a fluid blueprint really on the moves they could make? Where this team is trending in the right direction? All valid questions that, you know, any player would want to know if they're going to lock up somewhere long term. No one wants to be in St. Louis. He said it. Adam Wainwright said it in his press conference yesterday. He loved St. Louis. He wanted to be a Cardinal guy. Like he would send videos, right, of himself when he was a Rocky. He'd send videos of himself hitting Adam Wainwright and be like, hey, show Mo this. I want to be a Cardinal. 
I would be shocked. So would multiple people in the uh, throughout the organization if he did not return to St. Louis. I think it's just a matter of making sure everyone is on the same page before they make it official. Yeah, Katie. And again, we're talking with Katie Wu, the uh, Cardinals insider for The Athletic with us here on BK and Ferrari or Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Katie, that was the biggest thing I think that stuck out to me. Of course, Cardinals fans hear John Mozeliak say payroll will increase and they think, oh, good. Aaron Judge is going to be a Cardinal this season. But when he said that and then when it tied into Arenado and talking with him about opting in for this contract for the remainder of his time, part of me wondered if this was Nolan Arenado playing the game of, look, I want to be here. As you mentioned, I want to see where this team goes. Do you think that sway sways John Mozeliak's hand of going into the offseason and saying, we got to find more offense to protect Arenado and Goldschmidt? Absolutely. And I think even Adam Wainwright was pleading his case in his own way as well in his press conference. Look, it's no question. We see what's successful in the postseason and what's not. You have dominant starting pitching and you have guys that can leave the yard, guys with significant pop. Cardinals had that. Unfortunately, they uh, they had about three and two went very cold in the wild card series. I won't bring that up anymore. We're past that. We're on a 2023. Yeah, come on. We've um, washed it. We have. We have. Have we? But... Uh, <laughs> With uh, Adam on his press conference yesterday, he was listing all of the things that he, and he, it was really funny. He goes, is Mo on this call? And we confirmed that he was on the Zoom call. And he goes, okay. And then went into all of these things. He was not so subtly hinting on what he would like to see the Cardinals improve. And an offense is certainly there. So with the payroll set to increase, I mean, the Cardinals had a very successful year at the game in 2022. We'll go ahead and refer to that as the Albert Pujols effect and future references. But they're in a, a position to spend significantly, and I don't think it's in the way that we've heard them spend before, you know, incrementally, conservatively. They get solid upgrades, but nothing blockbuster. And I'm not going to go out here and say they're going to go sign all these free agents, bring in Jacob DeGrom and, and Carlos Correa and all of that. I'm not saying that, but I do think that they're in a significant position to spend and upgrade their offense, both from a catching perspective, and then they're lined up and getting a couple more power bats. And I think no one would like to hear where, that, where they stand in there as well. So with that being said, Katie, and on the offensive side, we brought up all these names like Aaron Judge, Trey Turner to us. It just seems unrealistic. But beyond that, is Xander Bogarts, is Wilson Contreras, do you feel like those names are realistic for the Cardinals? Or do you feel like because of the positions that Bogarts plays or uh, the, the, the surrounding talk of Wilson Contreras struggling to manage a pitching staff kind of puts them on the outside of the possibilities for the Cardinals? That's a good question. I think it's a little too early to truly pin down like ideal targets. I know that Mo was, was pretty candid in saying, look, Andrew Kisner had a good good season for what we expected from him. Ivan Herrera is certainly like still very in on him and his capabilities, but they would like to upgrade their catching spot first and foremost. Whether that's in terms of signing Contreras, who in my opinion is really the only current free agent for the 2023 season that would be worth paying significant money for, regardless of his issues handling the pitching staff, um, but that's, that could be a play. They could also look to trade. They certainly have the depth in their farm system to do so. I'm not quite sure what names are realistic yet. I think it just depends on, one, once they guarantee Arnado coming back, then they can focus to that. But I think the Cardinals' next prerogative is to establish what exactly they're looking from the catching role. What's that going to cost? Is it worth more to trade? And, if, of course, if they do end up trading for a catcher, it would open them up to the ability to spend more money in other spots whether that is another bat, whether they do decide to pursue the shortstop market or any other way they look to upgrade their team for 2023. But one thing that Mo did make clear is those upgrades have to come and they have to be better than seasons prior. 
Katie, I might be looking way too far into the future. It's something that I do uh, constantly. My therapist tells me to stop. But, <laughs> but we're going to examine that here because this is a, a perfect example of it. Because you have the starting staff, right, who you feel confident in going into the year. But then the only two guys that you have locked down are Dakota Hudson and Steven Matz beyond next year. Obviously, Adam Wainwright retiring. And then a lot of these guys either uh, have options or free agents and things like that. So for you, what does that do for this pitching staff in terms of how much is going to organize it going forward, uh, not only for next year, but then next offseason and maybe at the trade deadline as well. Yeah, that's huge, Alex. I'm glad you brought it up because, yes, for the first time in a very long time, let's let's give some, some recognition to the Cardinals. They have five legitimate starters for November. Usually we get to opening day and they don't have that. So I would like to acknowledge the front office for have locking down five starters. I do not think this is the rotation that they debut with on opening day, although it certainly would be a better rotation than what we saw to open the season in 2021 and 2022. Now, you're right. After 2023, you lose four of those guys, whether they're up for free agency for the first time. Miles Michaels' contract is expiring. Both Jack Flaherty and Jordan Montgomery will be done with their arbitration years. And, of course, Adam Wainwright will be retiring. Now, I think that brings incentive because – you then are counting you're in the same spot that you've been in seasons prior and where you desperately need a bundle of assortment options for starting pitching. So I do think the Cardinals will continue to look at that market. And I'm not sure if they go out and they get a top-tier ace. Of course, obviously, no one's going to argue with that if they do. Um, but I don't think that this is the rotation they open up with in 2023. I would like to see them bring back Jose Quintana. I think he did a wonderful job for them in the last two months of the season. However, the way that he pitched that way could guarantee him for more than a one-year deal. So we'll see. He could get a better deal, multi-years, more money from other organizations. Um, but John Mazalak certainly said, and this is something he knows well, you can never have too much pitching. So I would imagine that the Cardinals continue to be aggressive on that front as well. Just as a follow-up to that, Katie, do you feel like that they might still be in the market for a top-end starting pitcher, maybe via trade, if that becomes available to, to them in the offseason? I would think so. I think with the Cardinals, you have to explore all options. I mean, this is a team where you can't argue their regular season success. They are consistently one of the four or five teams that has a legitimate shot to not just get to the postseason, but make a deep run in the postseason every single year. But their postseason success, as we all know, has been very limited in the past four or five years. So I think when you're looking at 2023 and you realistically know, okay, Paul Goldschmidt's prime window is closing. Nolan Arnauto's prime window is closing. You want to win for Adam Wainwright. You want to win because it's been a while since the Cardinals were a legitimate postseason threat. Well, as we said earlier, you guys, the best way to do it, you look at teams, the teams that are playing right now in the World Series, Phillies and Houston, look at their pitching staff. they got a top-tier, inarguable, bona fide ace, and I think the Cardinals will benefit from it. definitely looking at it. And like I said, who is really going to be upset if they do end up signing or trading for one? Katie, just to bring this all back around, in terms of Ali Marmol, as a rookie manager this year, obviously worked really closely. We know how well he communicates with Skip Schumacher and Jeff Albert and Mike Maddox. How do you see this affecting Ali going forward with bringing in basically a whole new slew of guys and then also having to you know, manage the expectations of the fan base and the uh, wishes of the front office and also any new players that they were to bring in potentially in the offseason um, with also just being in your second year as a big league manager. Yeah, I mean, Ollie Marble has not had an easy path. <laughs> no. One whole, what he's done 12 months as a manager, he's had to deal with a lot. But Alexi, you know, it's about him. Very even-keeled guy. Nothing really riles him up too much. Of course, his bomb is Skip Schumacher. That will be missed. Skip really did so much for this organization in his one year here. I think that's a bigger loss than people maybe realize. 
Maybe it's because he's so beloved in St. Louis that people are just genuinely happy for him in his new role. I know I am genuinely happy to see him as a Marlins manager, but he will be missed. I think um, the best way to look at it, and this is what Mo kind of referred to in his press conference, is it's just an opportunity to maybe identify things that they were missing in the staff that they were not previously aware of. It's an opportunity to bring in new voices and different perspectives, something that Ollie Marmol is really open to. He loves to have these kind of open conversations and different perspectives and learn new things. So you can go into it as two ways, right? You can look at it as a, as a burden, as, oh, no, we have all of a sudden four coaching spots to fill and nothing about the season has been normal, or it can be an opportunity to say, hey, let's have some new conversations. What can we do differently? What can we do that we're not thinking of that can make this organization better? I mean, the Cardinals are a very, they're a very esteemed place. They're in a very esteemed organization to work. People want to work for the Cardinals because of their long-term success. So I think, I don't think there'll be a problem filling those positions. I think it's just a matter of making sure they make the right decision. Katie, incredible stuff as always. If you didn't see Katie's work yet up on The Athletic talking yesterday from the press conference and Adam Wainwright's media availability, go check it out. You could follow her on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. Katie, we'll stop bothering you. Go back to vacation mode, uh, and we will talk to you once the hot stove heats up. I love you, Katie. Oh, you guys are the best. And last thing, Polo Asensio went to the Harry Styles concert last night, uh, Cardinals radio broadcaster for their Spanish station, does a great job. But rumor has it he's still in bed. So, Polo, it is time to get up. (laughs) Wake up, up. Polo. Harry Harry has that effect on you, I'm assuming. Polo told us (laughs) that you were the only person that will get him out of bed to get him out to a social function, Katie. So you might have to go knock on his door and wake him up and buy him some brunch. (laughs) powerful we know this guy <laughs> <laughs> see you katie. Totally, katie have a great one to be your best every day you need proven quality sleep every night science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental emotional and physical health and that's where the sleep number bed comes in and let me tell you ever since i've had it my sleep iq score is just going higher and higher and did you know eight out of ten couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.